I'm Stephanie Hammond, and this is the Fruition Podcast. On this show, I sit down with passionate people who've brought their dreams to fruition. We'll explore different versions of success and fulfillment and dig into what was on their mind along the way. With these conversations, I hope we can all expand our sense of possibility. And who knows, maybe hearing their stories will inspire you to take action on yours. Hello and happy holidays, boys and girls. I hope you are rotting on a couch somewhere eating leftover candy and haven't changed out of your pajamas in a few days. I'm doing a solo episode because I've now put out 20 episodes with 19 different interviews and my brain is craving a recap. I love fun and inspiring stories, but sometimes I feel like I'm left with all this energy and motivation, but then paralyzed by information overload. So I want to slow it down and rewind. I also wanted to touch base because I'm taking a break and I want to share why that matters to me. I am a heads down kind of gal, pushing forward I can do, consistency I can do, facing my problems I can do, and I've achieved a lot because of that. But it's led me straight to burnout multiple times and it has led me to people, places, and things that feel out of alignment for me. So I have spent many years digging into where that's coming from and I've opened myself up to new ways of being and now I am doing my best to be more mindful while I am in the process before I reach that point of burnout. It is of the utmost importance to me to feel more at ease, more natural, more joyful, creative, gentle, calm, loving, connected, more at peace, more depth, more lit up, more inspired and energized and purposeful and clear. And I've begun to learn that for any of that to happen, I need to be able to hear my intuition and actually act on what it's telling me. And these conversations, these interviews that I've had on this podcast have really shown me the importance of that over and over again. And what I've realized is that my good old perfectionism shows up to haunt me in just about every aspect of my life. How you do one thing is how you do everything. So it's everywhere. And what was meant to be a joyful and creative hobby, this podcast, has sometimes felt like a draining obligation, to be completely honest. And that's a huge red flag for me. And what I've also realized is that it's become an experimentation ground for me to start applying some of these lessons and thoughts and philosophies that I've developed to create kind of like a seedling for what I want in my life and career. Some of the changes that I'm envisioning take time to integrate into my real life for practical reasons, but also because they're scary. So like, for example, I desperately want a break. I want to run away. My motivation has tanked and I cannot find her anywhere. But my mind tells me that's not possible. It's not an option to stop that I have to stay consistent and that I can take a break eventually, sometime in the future, and that if I take a break now, I may never get back to it. And how will I ever grow if I am not consistently disciplined? I promise I'm super fun though. (laughs) But this is what my mind is telling me. And this applies to everything that I have momentum around. Wellness, work, relationships, like even on the silliest level, 
tennis. Like I've been working hard at tennis and consistency is everything in this sport. I've had so much fun stuff going on in my life. But at the same time, like I love the idea of weeks alone in nature off the grid. I've never done it, but I dream about it. But taking a step back scares me, which is a siren and it's my growth edge. So wherever you're scared, there's your growth. There's your next lesson. So this rest, this break is that for me. And I'm facing it by allowing myself to run away, which sounds avoidant. And maybe it is, but that is the opposite of what I would normally do. And oftentimes the opposite is the medicine. No matter what comes of it, it's an experimentation. And I'm applying what I've learned in these conversations and then in my own self-work by taking a break from this podcast because this is my experimentation ground. And taking a break here is what feels both gentle and challenging. It's scary to me and it feels doable. I know that this doesn't sound like a big deal and this might even be annoying to hear, but it feels very real for me. Rest is deeply unsettling and uncomfortable for me. I recently posted something from the book Breath by James Nestor, and he said, rest will always feel like a risk to a nervous system that is used to chaos and a mind that believes our value is defined by what we achieve. And that second part just hit home. So yeah, I need a rest and I need to hit reset because if or when I come back, I want to really practice a new approach that's more in line with those feelings I listed earlier. I'm not interested in posting as much as I possibly can on social media so that I can get as many eyeballs and attention as possible. And I don't want to be relevant. I want to be impactful. I want the right people to get the message that they need. And I want to approach this with more ease and share from a place of connection and love and service and intention and inspiration and joy and purpose, which probably will result in inconsistency. But that's the whole point. I'm exploring whether there's another way. Can I be inconsistent and still grow? Can I be inconsistent and still feel fulfilled? Will I feel more fulfilled? Can I only share what I'm most lit up by when it feels inspiring to me? What if I really only move forward with my fuck yeses? Will I miss opportunities? What will happen if I miss those opportunities? Will I regret that? Will I not be challenging myself enough? Will it all fall apart? I want to see what comes of a fuck yes only approach. Acting only on what I really want to do when I want to do it. And this is how I'm building trust in this fuck yes approach. And building trust in ease. By testing the waters and playing with it on a small scale with this podcast and then eventually applying that to a much larger scale, which feels too scary for me right now, but I fantasize about. So I'm choosing to share it here just in case there's someone out there who wants to believe there's another way too, but doesn't totally trust it or know how to get there. (laughs) I don't either. I'm learning, practicing, and messing up in real time for me, yeah, but also for you. 
And don't worry, while I'm gone, I'll be doing some of my favorite things. I'll be surfing and doing yoga and reading in the sun and drinking margaritas and eating tacos and dancing with my friends in Mexico. So all is well, but I'm taking a break and I'm not setting a timeline around it because I want to come back when it feels good and act when I am compelled to act, not out of discipline or shoulds. And with that rant, here are my top takeaways from the first 20 episodes of this podcast on how to create a deeply fulfilling life that you love. Starting out with discovery. So there's two stages to these takeaways. This first part is discovery and helping you to understand what do you want? What would a life you love even look like or include? Like this is starting from absolute scratch. Step one is you're not there. You are not living a life that you love, but you know that you want to. And that is the best place. There is nothing but possibility available to you. So congratulations. Welcome. Give yourself a pat on the back. And my top takeaway from these first 20 episodes is gratitude for the awareness that you have and the bravery that you have to know and admit that you don't feel great right now and you want to change and you are not loving your life and you will do what it takes to get to the place where you do love your life. You do get to change. You do have options and you always get to start over every single hour if you need to. So my first takeaway is have gratitude for where you are because it's exactly where you're supposed to be. My second takeaway is to tune into your body. So something that most of my guests have said is that they listen to their body. And what they mean by that is they paid attention to the tension in their body, the anxiety in their body, whether that's in their shoulders, in their stomach, a fluttering in their heart. Maybe their hands were always gripping into a fist and they couldn't get themselves to relax or their jaw was tight because they were clenching so hard. They paid attention to their breath. Maybe they were always taking short breaths. Maybe they had injuries. They were overworking themselves. Their joints were aching. So, If that is new for you, noticing those types of sensations and feelings in your body, just start paying attention. See what repeats for you. Notice your breath. Is it deep? Is it shallow? Are you taking deep breaths every once in a while to kind of catch up? Slow down and practice connecting with your body intentionally. And that goes for when something feels good too, as well as when something doesn't feel good. So take stock of what your gut and your body feel like when you get an invite to something that's a hell yes. Notice what a maybe feels like then, and then pay close attention to what feels like a clear no. Your body's response doesn't change, so it's just intensified for bigger, higher-stakes circumstances. So if you get invited to a dinner that you're really excited about, what does your gut feel like? Close your eyes, take a second to notice what is responding within your body when you get that invitation to something as simple and silly as a little dinner, okay? And that is your response to a yes. Or when you think of somebody that you just absolutely adore, it could even be a dog or a kid, whatever it might be. When you think, I love this person or this thing, 
How does your body respond to that? Does your heart start fluttering? Does your chest open up? Do you feel warmth in your chest or in your face? Notice those kind of responses in your body. And then we can start working with it. And if you're feeling anxiety, seek out tools or modalities that might calm your nervous system. So I've been practicing breath work, meditation, coloring, yoga, tapping, getting into nature, painting. Find the support that works for you and experiment with these different modalities so that you can become an observer and have a practice around connecting with your body and the sensations in your body. That was a long one, but it's really, really, really important. Almost all of my guests mention noticing these sensations in their body and using those responses to make decisions in their life that led them to a life that they love. The third takeaway is tuning into your mind. So it can be hard to distinguish what we truly want from what we're told to want or conditioned to want by society. When our mind feels like chaos, it's really hard to tell the difference. So for me, it took a lot of space and it still takes a lot of space and boredom and stillness and silence and disconnection from the outside world and noise to start organizing that chaos and understanding the patterns and stories that are showing up. I love Katina's angle from episode 19. She wrote about her circumstances from an observer standpoint. So she zoomed out and looked at her thoughts and stories and plans from the third person. A few other guests mentioned journaling. It doesn't have to be a forever thing, but it can be helpful to just list out the shit in your brain on paper so that you can look at it more objectively, okay? Once you put something down on paper and you read it back to yourself, a lot of the narratives that are circling around in your mind that feel so real lose their power when you look at them on paper. So you can see where your own mind is keeping you down and holding you back from where you want to go, from living that life that you love. And when you become more familiar with these stories, you can start to work with them. So listen to episode 11 to hear more about neuroplasticity and how you can start to reprogram these stories and set boundaries and decide what you're no longer willing to be held back by and what you're no longer willing to put up with. All of this creates space in your mind and in your body so that we can then get into addition. And my fourth takeaway is that first step of addition. And that is around experimentation and curiosity. So summer should be fun and life can be fun. What do you enjoy? What gets you giddy? You have to get clear in what you want and where you want to go. So we need to establish what you love, dabble in new things, dive into them, choose them. If there's something that stands out to you or if you notice something that feels good, just do a little more of that. If you try something new and you're not into it, don't force it. You can let go of that. If you're reading a book that you don't like, move on. You have my permission. There are billions of books out there that you will love. So move on and go find that one. Ask yourself, does this feel good to me right now in my body? If it does, then do more of it. What feels like a challenge that you're excited about as opposed to a challenge that you're drudging through because you think that you should, because you get some sort of badge of honor if you do. Newsflash, there is no badge of honor. Sorry. (laughs) Keep trying new hobbies 
Expect to fail and just keep it moving. Experimentation and curiosity are everything. Try as much as you can if you're still figuring it out. Step five goes along with that because joy is a requirement. We're only going after what selfishly feels good, not what sounds good. Let go of the ego around it. I love my conversation with Sean Nicole in episode 18 for more thoughts around this. She basically says the best way to do good in your world, in the world, is to light your personal spark as bright as possible. So allow yourself to be selfish and simplify the process. She recommends clarifying your North Star, which are the top consistent things that you know you love and that you know make you feel like your highest self. So maybe it's nature and wellness and design. Keep it simple and invest energy in those areas. Spend more time energy, money, doing what feels joyful and where it feels joyful to you. Because my sixth takeaway is how something will turn out cannot be obvious at the beginning, if at all, ever. So you need to let go of the outcome. You can only proceed if the process sounds fun and joyful and energizing. Fran in episode four and Kimberly and Katie, the bar three studio owners in episode 10, a killer examples of this. Your dream life, a life that you love, is going to require work and challenge and discipline. But when the underlying fuel is joy, that work and challenge can be invigorating and fun for you. If the only benefit to doing this thing, this new pursuit, is what you see as the eventual outcome, it's not a fit. Ask yourself this question as you begin identifying something that you'd like to pursue. Am I feeling joy and am I invigorated by this challenge? Is it fun for me? Is it energizing for me? What is fueling this pursuit? If it doesn't work out at all, what am I left with? Is it fun times? Okay, then proceed, baby. Takeaway seven, managing your effort in your pursuit. Okay, slow and steady. I love what Maria in episode eight shared. She said, give enough effort that it won't stress you out and relax, but not so much that you collapse. Ashleen, the breathwork facilitator in episode 16, she's an incredible example of this. She pushed and chased and did the most when she first started out as a full-time breathwork facilitator. And then she realized that she was putting too much pressure on her business to grow. And when she took a step back to recuperate and to take that pressure off of her business and off of herself, her clients asked for new ways to work with her that then expanded her offerings with less work. So she drew in more aligned clientele, earned more, and ultimately her business grew and she felt more natural running it, which means that she can better show up and serve and deliver to her clients. So... By managing her effort and taking a step back to release some of the stress and rebalance that with more relaxation, it ended up being a win-win-win for her, her clients, and her business. The eighth takeaway from these first 20 episodes is to think outside of yourself. The first part of that is sharing what you've learned. So as you have tuned into your body, tuned into your mind, you've explored and now you've pursued and you've spent some time doing a few new things that you absolutely love, 
share what you've learned. That might be just sharing what lit you up, or it might be a solution that you found to one of your own problems. If you think that, you know, your idea or your solution isn't a big enough deal, or it doesn't matter, or it's not well enough thought out, or no one else will care, consider the people that have gotten you to where you are today. How somebody teaching you their favorite thing or sharing their process to get out of a situation you've been in, how has that impacted you? Once you've landed on your jam, it is your duty to share it. That's giving back. That is service. Whether you are 1% better than the people you're sharing it with, 10% better, or 90% better, you are one step ahead and that is useful to the people who are still trying to figure it out. When you want to give up, Think of why this thing matters to you and who else you could be helping by sharing. Because my ninth takeaway, I guarantee you will feel cringe when you start sharing. I promise you that. At some point, you will feel ridiculous. I feel ridiculous right now in this moment, to be completely honest. But feeling cringe is a prerequisite to growth, to impact, and to a big life, honestly. This process doesn't come naturally all the time to anyone. It's uncomfortable and challenging and it's supposed to be. That is the point. So embrace it knowing that you're growing and that you're doing your best and that it's coming from your heart. And that's the whole point here, honestly. Janae in episode 17 is an incredible example of this. She has touched the hearts of so many people with her poetry and it petrified her to share. And my 10th takeaway, fears, uncertainties, and doubts. Alongside the cringe, you will have fears, you will have uncertainties, and you will have doubts. You can address these head on in a very logical way. I learned this from Raj in episode 14. It's her process that she follows as she chases her big, hairy, audacious goals. And what I learned from it is fears are a lack of knowledge. And that is something that you can go learn. Uncertainties are a lack of a plan. And that's something that you can break down into small steps. Doubts are a lack of experience. And that's something that you can either gain on your own or tap your network for support. If you're feeling uncomfortable about anything, get a piece of paper, make three columns, write down your fears, your uncertainties, and your doubts. And then next to those, write down Where are you lacking knowledge? Where are you lacking a plan? Where are you lacking experience? And then how can you address each of those? My 11th takeaway and my last of this first discovery section is check in with yourself. That's what I'm doing with this rest, okay? As you move through fears, challenges, cringe, keep checking in with yourself. Is your gut still buzzing? Are you still itching for more? Does this still feel joyful? Or are you forcing it? If it feels like forcing, allow yourself to let go and leave space for life to guide you a bit, okay? Trust that as you take your next right steps, you'll get to where you need to go. I love Karina's story in episode nine for this. I think about it all the time. And that's part of what I'm consoling myself with as I decide to take a little bit of a break or a lot of a break. Because I've lost a little bit of the spark around this podcast, and I want to hear what life is telling me with that, okay? Maybe there's something else 
that requires my attention and my energy right now that will light me up 10 times more and have a hundred times the impact. I don't know. And I won't know unless I take the space to notice what's going on around me and in front of me and respond to that. But if I'm heads down and I'm pushing for my path and my ideas to unfold the way I think they should, then I won't be able to see the opportunities that might be right in front of my eyes. So that's the discovery phase. The second section that I want to talk about is getting into big changes. So actually creating that deeply fulfilling life. These are a little bit a little bit more heady, but important because there's logical, tangible steps that you will take, but in order for you to be available to take those actions, you have to, takeaway number 12, build yourself a foundation. We've talked a lot about making changes, some big, some small. What all my guests have in common is a strong foundation, whether it kind of looks like it from the outside or not. Yes, they definitely take leaps of faith, but not without a safety net of some sort in place and more often multiple. So like maybe it was a family home to go back to a job that they knew that they could get for employment if they needed to earn income or a potential job path to fall back on, a savings, obviously, maybe support from a partner, emotional support and resources, or even you know, a well-laid plan. You need organization and stability to embody the freedom and flexibility that growth requires. And yes, I love the idea of just, you know, jumping off the cliff and going for it, but you have to make sure that you're safe and you have to make sure that you're going to be able to take care of yourself first. Okay. So that comes before everything. The 13th takeaway is big, hairy, audacious goals. Before you take that big leap, I want you to think bigger and start with your why. What does this pursuit actually mean to you? And what's the ultimate point? Then you break it down into the smallest steps you possibly can down to the day. So what is the action that I'm going to take today that ties me back to my why of this big, hairy, audacious goal? And to pursue something that feels really big to you, you need self-trust. And that's takeaway 14 is the importance of self-trust. This is what really, really bolsters your courage when you're moving towards the unknown. Self-trust is developed through caring for yourself consistently, showing up for yourself consistently, keeping promises to yourself consistently. Part of that is building yourself a foundation, which we just talked about. And part of it is reminding yourself of all the times that you've worked out a solution to a tricky situation. Honor your ideas. Honor your intuition You don't need as much experience as you think. You can trust yourself. Takeaway number 15, faith helps too. You might not be spiritual, so this might not feel right for you. And that's fine. I don't judge where people stand on faith anymore. It's definitely a new one for me. I'm typically logical and practical, but I'm learning to lean on faith because I've had to. And it's comforting. I have to believe And I have been shown that I will get the tools that I need to get to where I dream of going. And the unique visions in my mind exist because I'm meant to experience them. And I have to have faith that the timing in which all of this is unfolding is just right. 
There are many layers to all that, and faith probably requires a bit of a deep dive. But for today, faith has helped me move through the challenges that have arisen as I've moved more and more into the unknown and through all the sticky, uncomfortable newness that has been required of me. And it has shown me that the right doors will open if and when and how they're supposed to, to support my path. Something that I've learned is that I have more options than what's just tangibly showing in front of me. So when I say no to what's not a fit for me for whatever reason, I begin to see opportunities that I hadn't seen before. Rather than forcing what you think you should do or an idea that just isn't quite landing, allow life to guide you a little bit and fear will pop up with that, I promise you. And that's where faith really steps in for me. So my 16th takeaway is we don't choose the pace of our lives. I think we all want everything to come to us faster, but that would also require the good stuff to leave us faster, okay? Plus, what I'm after is pure, natural, flowy abundance, and that can only come from well-fertilized soil. We all know that planted seeds take time to grow, but my best friend took that one step further the other day, kind of rocked my world. She said, sometimes we have toxic soil. And that shit needs to be overhauled and dug up and we need to add compost and create an ecosystem around it and let that do its thing. Then we can come back and plant seeds. And after we've done that from the outside, it still looks like dirt. It looks like the same dirt as before. And only you and maybe your closest people know the difference between that old dirt and this soil, okay? It's a slow process. It is tough. And the only way to accept the slowness is gratitude. And this is my last takeaway. The first takeaway of all these episodes and the last takeaway of all these episodes, we're back to gratitude for whatever you can think of. It might be a warm coffee. It might be a trip. It might be a hug. Give these things the most attention. We have to collect positive moments and train our brain to notice and treasure them. If you're feeling negative about something, Ask yourself, can I know with 100% certainty that this thought is true? What is the exact opposite thought? And could that be true too? What is something that feels better and is equally true? Consider those questions and I promise you it'll loosen up some space in your mind if you feel stuck in the negative. It does create space it kind of, it gets the stickiness out of there. It starts wiggling that story around within your mind and it starts to form cracks where the light can shine through. And for that, I want you to be grateful that again, we have unlimited possibility from no matter where you're standing, your life, your circumstances can absolutely change on a dime. And the most important thing is to feel gratitude throughout the entire process, especially on the days that it is hard and you can barely think of one thing to be grateful for, find it. Because I promise you, that is the only way through this whole game of life, through all this uncertainty, through all this newness. And there is light on the other side. And you can listen to the last 19 episodes of interviews with people who have found and are deeply rooted in that light. And they're not going anywhere, okay? They still have their ups and downs, 
but they've created and built and committed to the mindset and the physical actions that come from the mindset that create a life that they love, a life that they dreamed of before and they brought into reality. They are examples that it is possible and that you can do it too. They are no different than you. They are no different than me. I'd say actually that's my one last takeaway is I was thinking I would interview all these people and they would all have a super high risk tolerance and, you know, they wouldn't have the same pressures and expectations or, you know, desires and lifestyles as me to give myself an excuse as to why it's not possible for me too. And they all prove me wrong. They are no different than me. It is just as hard for them. They had to go through all the steps too. They had to deal with all the uncertainty and all the unknowns. And this is what I learned from them. And now I'm going to go apply those in my own life and see how it feels. Life's the game, guys. So let's play around with it. Let's experiment with energy and see what happens when we change our normal pattern, our normal course of action. Like I said, the opposite is typically the medicine. So whatever that means for you, try it on a small scale. Whatever feels gentle, but still a little bit scary, a little bit challenging, try it on a small scale today and then step it up a little bit tomorrow. So I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to however many of the first 20 episodes you tuned into. Even if this is your first, I appreciate you. I hope you have a wonderful new year and... I will see you when I see you. Love ya. Bye.